You're listening to a podcast from Riverview Church in Bowness, recorded during one of our Sunday gatherings. For more information about Riverview Church, or service times, or contact details, go to riverviewchurch.uk or find us on Facebook at Riverview Bowness. Good morning, Riverview. How good to be with you again. Hopefully this is going to be the last time for a while that we're only online. We should be all back together again next week and I really am looking forward to seeing you all at the Town Hall. Wahey! So we're on to number six of our I Am statements in the Jesus series and we've hit another new statement about the deity of Jesus and what he wants his people to know and understand. And this one is a real biggie because today... We're looking at, I am the way, the truth and the life. It's found in John's Gospel again. So turn with me, please, to John 14 and we'll read from verse 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. I'm really tempted to go on and read an awful lot more of that chapter. um, And I really hope you'll do that later um, because it's a chapter that's just packed full of so many good things that God is teaching us. You see, this is Jesus preparing his disciples for his return to heaven. He's got to leave them. He's been talking to them about it since John chapter 12. You know, there we see the Last Supper where they shared bread and wine together and he told them he was going to be leaving. He's washed their feet and he did that to show them what it is to be a servant. You know, little by little, he's preparing them because he has to leave. And now he begins chapter 14 with, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Jesus has just told them that one of them is a traitor, that Peter's going to deny him and that he's leaving them. How on earth could there be anything but troubled? I certainly would have been. I'm sure you would have been too. And, And so, you know, this is Jesus coming even in the midst of what he knows is going to happen to him. He seeks to comfort his friends by giving them six amazing assurances to lay hold of. And by the way, these are six amazing assurances for us today too, if we know him. So please read on in John 14 later and claim them all for yourself. We're only going to look at the first two of these just now, but be aware that John 14 has all of these and it is such an encouraging um, passage of scripture. So please read it later. The first is, we are going to heaven. The second, we know the Father right now. The third is, we have the privilege of prayer. Fourth, we have the Holy Spirit. 
Fifth, we enjoy the Father's love. And sixth, we have his gift of peace. These are real assurances for us to lay claim to. I could stop right there and we could just go into worship now because isn't this list mind-blowing? And that's not my list, and that's not the points I want to speak on today, but I felt I really wanted to bring them to you because this chapter really gives us all of that. So what promises the disciples were given and, and, and what promises they are for us even today? But back to the verses that we're looking at, so just up to verse 8. I, I want you to know the other four too, but we are going to really consider now those first two promises. Jesus gives his disciples such encouragement and something that they can really hold on to as they go through the next days. When chaos erupts, Jesus is arrested and he's put on trial. They're going to have to dig deep and bring to their remembrance the word Jesus left for them. They're going to have to really think about them and claim them. He's telling them, trust me, I'm going to my father's home to prepare a place for you so that you can come and be with me. He's telling them and showing them his deity since they began following him. He's been telling them all the way through, I am God and I am bringing you to know him personally. Since heaven is where father God lives, it must be a place full of love and joy. Read Revelation 21 and 22 later and get John's take on what heaven is like. He completely runs out of symbols and comparisons. So he finally just lists the things that won't be there. So there'll be no more death. There'll be no more sorrow. There'll be no more crying, no more pain, no more night, no more negativity. Nothing that would detract from this wonder and majesty that will always be before us. What a wonderful home we have to look forward to if we know Jesus Christ, if we are following him, if we are his friends. And you know what? It's to be enjoyed forever. So let's look at our text. I want us first of all to look back for context at John 13 and verse 36 because it's Simon Peter asking a question again. And we know what Simon's like. Sometimes he only opens his mouth to change his feet. And, and he's asked the question. He says, Lord, where are you going? And, and Jesus didn't rebuke him on this occasion for asking that. But the answer he gives is pretty cryptic, to say the least. Do you know, Peter is so convinced of who Jesus is. He knows he's the son of God. He knows he's Messiah come to earth. And, and, and because of that, he's sure that no matter what, he would die for Jesus. And that's when that's when Jesus hits him with the truth of his betrayal. Now, I wonder how Peter felt when that happened. But I wonder really how the other disciples felt too when they heard that. Because Peter, Peter was always the leader among them. If Jesus was saying Peter would deny them, what hope was for them? How would they cope? So they're feeling really low in spirit as we begin chapter 14. And Jesus comes along with, cheer up. You just need to trust God and trust me. You should see what's lined up for you. A great abode, great rooms. I'm going on ahead of you just so that you can come to. Re remember Tom speaking on Sunday 
at Easter Sunday and he said Jesus couldn't save himself if he was to save us because to do that he had to die and resurrect himself. It was self-preservation or the preservation of his followers. He was going to do what needed done to be able to bring his faithful followers to himself no matter the cost. I am so glad Jesus did that. He's telling the, his disciples, his friends now, not to fret. But it's Thomas. Poor Thomas, he's always a doubter. Or is he really? I, I think he just likes to be sure of what's happening for himself. You know, to dot every I and cross every T and make sure he knows. I, I think it does him a disservice to label him doubter. You know, by asking the question, Thomas revealed his keen desire to be with Jesus. And this meant he needed to know where he was going and how he could get there. So he says, how can we know the way? And you know what? It's still a great question for people to ask today, particularly if they're seeking to find God for themselves. But it's also a great question for us to ask, those of us who are just seeking to know more and more of God. And that's what we're going to do just now. Remember, Jesus is speaking to the people on earth who know him best. He's teaching them more about who he is and, and what, as God, he's doing. So there's three points I want to bring out to help us answer the question. Jesus is the way to heaven. Jesus is the source of truth about heaven. And Jesus is the source of life that continues in heaven. So it's all about heaven. Wow, great subject. First of all, Jesus does not do what you or I would do and say. You know, I, I would be, um, well, I, I'll, I'll tell you the way to go. Here's the way. You need to go down here and then you need to turn and, and you need to, you, you know, or, or I suppose to be a bit more helpful, you could say, well, I'll be really helpful and, and I'll, I'll show you the way. I'll, I'll come with you and show you. You can't try to do the things that you saw Jesus do in order to follow him. Make sure you hear me properly when I say that. You cannot follow Jesus to heaven. You can't just try to do some of the things he did to get there. You know, he was baptised. So, so if I get baptised, I'll be able to go. But you know, there will be people who have been baptised and still are lost. The same with loving people. Jesus loved people so dearly. Well, you know, there's a lot of people out there who show that, that they really love others, but they're still completely lost. What about prayer? Well, do you know what? You can pray and still be lost. So what hope is there? What is the way? Well, Jesus' answer is still the same. He uses the same words. He says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Salvation, being saved, comes from faith in Jesus Christ alone. I hate to tell you, but you will never be good enough to satisfy God's need for perfection. If you could work at it and achieve it, there would have been no reason at all for Jesus to come and die for us. The simple truth is, you can't. No one can. Jesus is the only one who was good enough because he was the God-man. He was completely good and righteous.
We need to know him so that when God looks at us, he sees us through the eyes of Jesus, covered with Jesus' righteousness. It's the only way. The gospel in a nutshell is John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but shall have eternal life. Only by faith in Jesus. Nothing else you can do. Jesus has done it all. You just have to believe him. Ephesians 2 and 8 puts it another way. says, for it is by faith you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It's the gift of God. Jesus doesn't simply teach the way or point out the way. He is the way. In fact, the way was one of the early names of the Christian faith. When Jesus said, no one comes to the Father except by me, he meant it. He really meant it. His statement wipes out any other way to heaven. Good works are not going to hack it. Other religions, well, I'm really sorry, but that'll never get you to heaven. Costly gifts to charity, a lot of money to the church, nothing else except faith in Jesus Christ. All roads do not lead to heaven. Only Jesus can claim to be the way because he is the way. Secondly, Jesus is the truth about heaven. I wonder what you're expecting heaven to be like. I'm sure you're like me and you'll have heard many testimonies of people um, going into comas and, uh, and so on and, and um, getting this picture of heaven, feeling that they've been in heaven. Um, and maybe they have, but, you know, it, it just um, is, is mind-blowing, isn't it? This perfect place, this amazing place. You know, some people think heaven is actually on earth. And, and some th teach that only 144,000 will be able to go to heaven. And, and there are even others who think heaven is just a state of mind. But this scripture tells us truth. It tells us by Jesus' death, isn't, isn't hindsight a great thing? You know, if we'd heard Jesus that day, he spoke to his disciples, we would have had no idea what Jesus meant either. But you know, we have been to the cross. We've seen resurrection morning. We've seen the empty tomb. We know he ascended to Father God and we know he is sitting at the right hand of Father God just now and he's interceding for us. Amazing. This scripture says heaven is where Father God is. Heaven is where Jesus has prepared an amazing room for us. I know some some um, versions say uh, amazing mansions and, and, that, and that's fine. But, you know, I can settle for an amazing room uh, because Jesus will be there. Heaven is where we can be with him. When we leave this world behind, it's real and it's for all who believe. A heavenly home gives us great hope when we stand at a graveside. It'll make earthly struggles and battles worthwhile, for it will be the place we meet our Saviour face to face and we'll be able to worship him forever. It was this assurance that encouraged Jesus himself. In Hebrews 12 and 2 we read, Who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Paul had this truth in mind when he penned Romans 8 and 18. 
I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. We can depend on the words Jesus gave us regarding heaven. It's a place where Father God is and it's a place that we will be absolutely in love with. And finally, my third point is Jesus is the source of life that continues in heaven. You know, hallelujah, we're not waiting to die and go to heaven before we know the fruits of eternal life, getting to know Father God. Jesus said he is the life. He wants us to hear him because he said it more than once. We've read it today. I am the way, the truth and the life. He said it in the I am statement from last week too. I am the resurrection and the life in John 11 and 25. In fact, he said it in the first of the I am statements as well. I am the bread of life in John 6 and 35. And if you want any more proof of his great desire for us to know he brings life, read the opening verses of John's gospel. In verse four of chapter one, it says, in him was life and that life was the light of men. What does it mean to know the father? Well, you know, the word know is used 14 times in the Go John's Gospel, but it doesn't always carry the same meaning. Warren Wearsby says there are four different levels of knowing, according to John. The lowest is simply knowing a fact. The next level is to understand the truth behind that fact. Although the truth is you can still know the fact and the truth behind it and still be lost in your sins, which is a very scary thought. The third level introduces relationship. To know means to believe in a person and become related to him or her. The same kind of know is between a husband and a wife. But the fourth meaning of know is something so special. It's to have such a fully deep relationship with a person, a deep communion where you know each other so fully and so deeply. And it's this level of know that Paul was referring to when he wrote in Philippians 3 and 10, that I might know him. Jesus describes this deeper relationship in John 14, 19 to 23. See, I knew I would relent and want to read some more of the scripture, but let me just read you this part. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realise that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father and I too will love him and show myself to him. There are amazing words in, in, in John 14. Of course, when Jesus said that knowing him and seeing him was the same as knowing and seeing the Father, he's saying he's the Son of God. He's saying he's deity. He was telling his disciples and telling us too as modern day disciples that they would never that, that they would understand more and more about Father, even though he was leaving them, maybe even because he was leaving them. Four hundred years before Christ was born. The Greek philosopher Plato wrote, To find out the father and maker of all this universe is a hard task. And when we have found him, 
to speak of him to all men is impossible. But he was wrong because of Jesus. We can know the Father and Maker of the universe, for Jesus, his Son, revealed him to us. Go back to the opening words of Jesus at the start of John 14. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Why should our hearts ever be troubled when the creator and the governor of the universe is our very own father and his complete con control of all that happens? He's always got the minute details sorted out and is in complete control. That is life-changing for us. Jesus came to give us life. He's doing that. We know the Father deeply, passionately, because we know Jesus. We receive from him the spiritual resources we need to keep going in a difficult day. Tom brought the same word a couple of weeks ago. He wants us to know him, to be deeply and passionately in love with him so that our hearts are not troubled by anything. It's vital we cling to Jesus, but it's very hard sometimes because we live in days when so many have no thought of Jesus, when life seems so cheap. Abortions are easily come by. Assisted suicide is constantly being debated and people can travel to other countries to do this. Euthanasia is brought to the table every now and again too. So many lost in despair and this time in pandemic has been so difficult for so many in isolation and no idea where to turn. But we have a saviour who came to bring life, life that's full of goodness and joy and lasts for all eternity. By knowing Jesus, we enjoy the Father's love. If we treasure his word and obey it, the Father and the Son share their love with us. They make their home in us. You know, when a person is born again, the Holy Spirit enters his body and bears witness that he's a child of God. The Holy Spirit is resident and he, and he won't depart. But as the believer yields to the Father, prays and obeys, there's a deeper relationship with Father, Son and Spirit. Salvation means we're going to heaven when we die, but submission means that heaven comes to us. Our experience with God ought to go deeper and deeper and it will teach, it, it, it will as we, as we yield to the Spirit and allow him to teach us and to guide us. If we love him and obey him, he'll manifest his love to us in a deeper way each day. Of course, the last time Tom spoke, he talked of all the things that can get in the road of relationship. You know, it's the devil's job, his passion to trip us up and bring us down. But Jesus brought comfort to his disciples as he prepared to leave them. He said, I came to bring life. I am the way, the truth and the life. You know the Father because you know me. What greater privilege could ever be afforded us? Charles Spurgeon said, Little faith will take your soul to heaven, but great faith will bring heaven to your soul. I want to be known as someone of great faith, to trust Jesus as the only way to heaven, to believe him as he reveals his truth about heaven and to partake of the life that continues in heaven. If you don't know him today, he loves you and wants to make his home with you. If you need help to ask him into your life, to say sorry for the things you've done wrong 
and then give your life over to him. Get in touch with us. We'd love to point you to Jesus. If you're on your journey and heaven is in your heart, we rejoice with you. But if you need any help with allowing him to really show himself to you so that deeper relationship with God can be yours, please get in touch with us. But whatever you need, reach out to him because he loves you deeply and longs that you will know him better. Of course, Jesus tells us clearly in this chapter 14 of John's gospel that he's coming back. We believe that because he said it. His other promises have all been fulfilled. His promise that he would rise from the dead. His promise that he would build his church. His promise that he would send his Holy Spirit. Stands to reason. His promise to return will be fulfilled too in his good time. But you know what? That's a preach for another day. Meantime, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Make sure you know this for yourself. And set out on a journey that will be so exciting, so beneficial, so transforming with Jesus and Father God. May God richly bless you all this week. Amen. <laughs>